You are listening to The Job Pod with Youth Employment Services. Hello, my name is Alexander Ferrer, and I'm the Education Coordinator at Youth Employment Services. And I'm Maureen Morrison, and I'm an Employment Facilitator with Youth Employment Services. Today, we're here to talk about rejection, specifically job rejection. How does it feel to get rejected, Alexander? Rejection sucks. It's happened to me a lot of times. And even though I'm pretty good at accepting rejection, it's, it's hard for me to accept rejection, if that makes any sense. It's not something that, you know, everybody gets used to, I feel like. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily get easier the more times it happens. But I find mm-hmm. something that I've worked on in the last few years is working on my my mind frame around accepting rejection has made it a little bit easier, but it still burns when it happens for sure. And there's so many different ways to get rejected in the job search too. Part of it is even submitting an application, never hearing back feels kind of like a rejection, but it's one that you never officially get, right? Uh, yeah, that's even, I think that's worse than actually getting rejection. It's just nothing at all. They're, they're not saying, hey, you got the job or you didn't get the job. Just nothing. That is, that is really hard. And I think that's a big barrier for a lot of people. Because mm-hmm, it can really suck to send off like 50 applications for a job and just hear nothing back from any of them. And you're kind of sitting there. I know I've done this thing where I'm like, did I put the wrong phone number on my resume? Did I put the wrong email? Maybe things are going to my spam folder, but it just turns out no one's getting in touch with me. Yeah, that reminds me of a story, actually, when I was an employment facilitator. I was working with this one client, and he was getting really frustrated because he had this job lead, and this guy seemed like he wanted to hire him, but he just wasn't calling him back. And actually, he stopped looking for jobs after that. I, I lost him as a client because he just, he was so distraught about, hey, this, this guy is not even calling me. What is this guy thinking? And then he just stopped looking for jobs because of that. So that's an extreme case. Yeah, it can be pretty disheartening. I know I've been in jobs or been looking for jobs before. I've worked a lot of contracts. And so I'm pretty used to looking for jobs when those contracts end. And I remember once interviewing for this position. It was something that I didn't actually care that much about. It was like an organic lawn care technician or something like that, which I thought was kind of funny. But I was like, well, at least I get to work outside. And I remember I interviewed for it. I felt pretty good about the interview, but I was like, I don't know. I'll I'll wait until they call me back. And something I always ask at the end of a job interview is, you know, are you going to be calling all of the people you interviewed to let them know either way? Because then I know if, you know, I'm waiting for a call, even if it's going to be a rejection, then I know I'm going to get a call. So I always ask that. And I got a call. It was a rejection. They hired someone else to the position, which ultimately, you know, kind of sucked, but it was okay because it wasn't my dream job. And they actually offered in the, I didn't get the call, but I got a message saying that I didn't get the job. And in the message, they said, if you want feedback on your interview, feel free to get in touch. And I thought that was so great because it had never occurred to me before that I could actually ask for feedback so that I could do better the next time. You know, if there was something that I answered really poorly in the interview, I'd actually want to know that so that I can Mm -hmm. improve my answer for next time. I think maybe I should tell about my personal story of the huge, my huge rejection story. Your huge rejection story. (laughs) I have a secret for everybody. I'm actually a foreigner. I'm actually from the United States and I moved here in a it was April 2019. That's when I moved here because of youth employment services and well, because of my wife. But so what happened though, is before that, uh, 2018, I actually was looking for a job in Canada and I had even had a job interview live. It was in the summer 
2018. And they said, hey, yeah, but yeah, what we, you know, they gave me an interview and went really nice, it went really well. And well, eventually I got that job offer. So I tried to figure out how to get the job using a certain work permit because that's with work permits, it can be kind of tricky. And I worked with a really bad lawyer. That's besides the point. And anyway, because of that, I worked with a bad lawyer. I wasn't able to get that job. And I kept on trying to work with the employer to try to work out with the work permit. It just wouldn't work out. I waited three weeks in Canada and in the like the North Dakota border and no, nothing. They didn't give me anything. Like they gave me a message once a week saying we're working on it or we don't know what to do. So it was a lot of poor communication. And because of that, I got kicked out of Canada, actually. And I had to move back to my hometown, a suburb in Chicago. And I had to try to try to pick up all the pieces because I lost my job. You know, I quit my job so I could get that job up north. I lost my apartment. So I had to figure out, well, what do I do from here? So that was really hard. So I was completely rejected. Yeah. What did you do from there? Like, that sounds really hard. How did you adjust your mindset and use the supports around you to get out of that situation? Because now you work for us and now you're, mm-hmm. you're up in Canada, you live here. So clearly, you know, things, things changed for you at some point. How did you go from that rejection to kind of getting to where you wanted to be? Well, it was a little bit of desperation. I went to work back at this group home I used to work at. And I love, I, I love working there. But I just worked very hard. I even did night shifts. I worked on Christmas, midnight, and then I did my research. I think when it comes to employability, when you're trying to get employed, research everything. I cold called Youth Employment Services. I looked up about them. I learned a little bit about it. I called Charity. The, that, that's her boss. And in uh, February, she gave me a job offer. And yeah, and from there, the work permit took three months and I was here in April 2019. And that's how I'm here. I think it's just really about, this is what I tell all my clients. I say you need to be consistent with your job search and persistent in a way. Because you want to show the employer that like, hey, I have what it takes. But at the same time, if they don't believe that, well, you'll get, you know, you'll get rejected. And then you still, you have to keep on going. You have to keep on going at it. I think that's what, it takes momentum, I think, when it comes to a job search. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially if you are applying for jobs for, for months, it can definitely be disheartening. And I've experienced that. Like I said before, I've worked a lot of contracts. So I've job hunted many times. And so the job I was in before this position was one that ended in October. And I was job hunting until I started this job in February. So I had four months of looking for work and trying to find work in my field specifically in the nonprofit sector. And, you know, kind of right near the end of the fiscal year, there's not a lot of jobs available, especially right around the holidays. And so I was really putting a lot of effort into the few applications that I could do and wasn't hearing back about some of them. And it was it was pretty disheartening. But I even actually applied earlier, like I applied for a job at Youth Employment Services in the fall, and I didn't actually hear anything back. And then I saw this posting for a job again, in January. And I said, Okay, I already applied to them once and didn't hear anything. But maybe I just wasn't the right fit for that position. I think this organization is really great. I really like the work they do. And I think I would be a good fit. So I'm going to reapply again. I'm going to just slightly tweak my cover letter. I'm going to take another look over my resume, but I'm going to apply again. You know, there's no harm. And this way they're going to see that I 
I'm serious about wanting to work here. I wasn't just randomly applying for this other job. I actually want to work for this organization. Uh, And so I applied a second time and I was so excited when I got offered an interview and then eventually the job. But I did seriously consider not applying for it because I was like, well, they've already kind of not rejected me, but they never got back to me that first time. So maybe they would think I was stupid for applying again. But a friend of mine actually said, you know what, apply again, show them that you're serious. And it worked, Mm -hmm. right? Just because you get, quote unquote, rejected from somewhere once doesn't mean that you're not the right fit for that company or organization. It just means maybe they weren't looking for you at that time. You can always apply again. Mm -hmm. This is what I tell a lot of people. If you're even just trying to play in the service industry, you know, you apply at Tim Hortons and they say no. Well, don't, don't just keep that no. You should actually follow up with them again. This reminds me of a perfect story that I've told many, many times about my uncle, about my <laughs> uncle Julio. And I think that it's such a relevant story. And probably those of you who know me, I've heard this story about a million times about rejection. And I wouldn't exactly go this route, but I think it, there's a moral to the story. So my dad, he's from Venezuela, and he actually went to a networking conference in Florida in the 90s, in the late 90s. And he was he was uh, you know networking with people and he was working for a company he was a manager he couldn't hire anybody though this guy comes out of nowhere named julio and he says hey man i heard you're venezuelan i'm venezuelan i was wondering you know if i could work for you my dad said nope nope we're not hiring at the moment and uncle julio he he did not like that he said no i'm here might as well just give me an interview and well my dad he goes back to chicago what Julio did do is he followed up with my dad and he said, hey, did, did, I, uh, did I get the job? You know, or what, what are some steps I can do to get the job? He kept on following up with my dad. And finally, he actually got the job. So that goes, goes to show that persistence. You know, you're being, he's being consistent and persistent about it. So that, that's what I really try to get out of that story. I wouldn't necessarily go to an employer and say, give me a job. I want it. So I always tell everybody, be 20% Julio. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's some good advice. Yeah, you want to be persistent and, you know, know when to take a rejection as a rejection, but also know when you can push a little bit. Yeah, so I you got to find that balance. Like the best way, I, and Julio became such a good family friend. He's like my uncle Julio. The best way to, to describe Julio is like a puppy. Uh, puppies will jump on you and everything, and you're like, ah, oh, stop. Oh, you're so cute and everything. That's, <laughs> I wouldn't call that's Julio how we got the cute, job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really call him cute. He's more of a buff machismo type guy but yeah (laughs) yeah that reminds me actually of a job that I did end up getting but I almost didn't get was one of my earlier jobs when I was about 18 was at a candy store that a friend of mine worked at and she mentioned to me that they were going to be hiring evening staff for the summer and I was like oh that would be great I'm looking for another part-time job because the job I'm at right now isn't giving me enough hours and So she told me when exactly her boss was going to be working so I could go drop off a resume. And I did. I met him and he said, oh, yeah, she told me you were coming. It's nice to meet you. I'll give you a call later this week and we can set up an interview. And, you know, part of that was just the networking. I had kind of used a friend who I knew would be able to give me a good reference. But then I waited a week and I was kind of getting antsy because I was thinking I would be starting this job pretty quickly based on what my friend had said. And I just wasn't hearing anything from him. And I was thinking like, ooh, this is not good. I really sounded like he was going to at least give me an interview. Why, why haven't I heard anything? And then 
I waited one week and then decided I would do a follow-up call. And this is something you were talking about with Julio too, is that follow-up call is so important. You can't just take that silence as an automatic rejection. Maybe they just haven't gotten to you yet, or maybe you're just sitting in the maybe pile. You don't know. It's always worth calling just to check and see the status of your application. So I called and I said, hi, you know, I met you last week. It was nice to meet you at that time. You said you would call to set up an interview. I just wanted to know if that's still something that's on your radar. Is that still a possibility? You know, I'm free pretty much whenever. And he said, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm kind of with customers right now, but I will give you a call back later and we can set up a time. It just was off my radar. So it actually wasn't a rejection. It wasn't his priority at the moment, but I thought it was a rejection. So I'm really glad I did that follow-up call because then I was offered the job without an interview. He was so impressed that I had done a follow-up call that he offered me the job based on that call. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I don't think that happens very often. I think a huge part of that was that I, I had that reference from my friend who worked there and she told him that I would be a good fit for the job. But the fact that I didn't take that as an automatic rejection. I I think was like pretty much the only reason I got the job was because I made that follow up call. Mm-hmm. I think it also proves to the employer that like, hey, I want to work here. It's a two way street. You know, the employer is trying to find the best fit for them, but also they're trying to make sure that they are a good fit for you. Because if not, then you're just not compatible. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's super important to remember that when you are applying for a job, not only are you applying to understand whether or not they would want you, you should be applying to understand whether or not you would want them to be your employer. So it's so important to do that research. Like you were saying, you did the research about youth employment services before and you Mm -hmm. cold called and you, you did all of these things to make sure that this would be a good workplace for you and it would be the right fit so that you could stay here. And this goes to a whole nother conversation, but I think that's so important. You got to find a job that you enjoy, or at least that you find values in it that you like, you know, Mm -hmm. that you enjoy. I tell people that 50% of your waking life, if you're fully full-time employed, you're working, you know, eight hours you're sleeping, eight hours you're up working, and then eight hours you're doing something else. So you got to make sure you find a job that goes with you. You don't want to be working just to relax for 10 years, you know, that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of people do, you know, maybe not 10 years, hopefully you have a longer retirement, but still most of your life you're working, not retiring. There's a cheesy thing they say, if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. I don't think that's true. I think we solve our challenges, but that's not bad. Having challenges, that's what makes the world go around. I think we learn new things. So Mm-hmm. And something like that is a really great opportunity for learning actually is rejection, right? Something that I mentioned earlier was just that point of asking for feedback. You are always fully within your right to ask for feedback. If, say, you put some really good time and effort into applying for a job, you put your resume together specifically for the job, and you wrote a cover letter, and you went and applied for the job, and you didn't hear anything back, it's okay to reach out and ask for that feedback. You know, what can I do differently to get your attention? Or what have I done here that indicated to you that I wouldn't be a good fit for the role? What's missing Mm -hmm. from what I've done? And same with that. If you get an interview and you didn't get the job, you're always within your right. You understand that you might not get that feedback. Maybe they don't have time to give it to you, but you can always ask. And I think that that's a big fear for people, even just asking for somebody to say, 
No. You know, that is so hard. But I think it's something we have to get used to in a competitive you know, world we live in. And it's not a bad thing. I, it's definitely not a bad thing. People saying no, nobody would be where we are today if things didn't fail. You know, yeah. if things didn't fail, then we'd be in the Stone Age right now. So Exactly, yeah. Just because you got rejected doesn't mean that you'll be rejected forever. You just need to find maybe a different way of going about it. Or sometimes I like to practice getting no's from people. Sometimes I'll ask my friends for things that I know that they're going to say no to just to get used to feeling that rejection and being okay with it, um, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a funny thing to do. But I found it really helpful to do that. So Maybe that's something people could practice if they are feeling really discouraged by, you know, rejection in the job hunt. Maybe start asking your friends for really outlandish things that they're obviously going to say no to. And then just get used to receiving that and being okay with it. And uh, I'm not saying for sure that's going to make every rejection sting less, especially if it's one that you were really hoping for an opportunity. But it can definitely help, help you reframe how that feels to receive a no or to receive no answer at all. I think learning how, how to reject, you know, rejection helps with every aspect of life, makes you at peace. And I think it's, a, in a way, it's an ego check too. I think it's so easy for all, all, all of us to think that, you know, like I tell everybody, when you apply for a job, you're the best person for that job. But you know what? Not everybody's going to believe that. So got to try to think, okay, well, maybe, maybe not, but th- these are ways that I can get better. I think that feedback piece is huge. Taking a rejection and turning it into an opportunity for growth and learning is a wonderful way to build your experience of resilience and rejection while also lessening your chances for future rejection. Thanks for joining us today as we talked about rejection, bouncing back, and learning how to be 20% Uncle Julio. Here at Youth Employment Services, we specialize in helping youth aged 16 to 29 in Manitoba find jobs. We are here to help with free one-on-one appointments in your job hunt, whether that is with a resume or cover letter help, a mock interview, or even just some space to talk about how much rejection sucks. We are here for you. Visit our website at yesmb.ca to check out our contact page and to connect with one of our employment facilitators today to book a free appointment. Thanks for joining us on The Job Pod.